Hey guys, this is Steve. I hate to break in like this, but we have some big news. On February 14th, that's right, on Valentine's Day, we are putting up a special Valentine's Day episode with wedding and boudoir photographer Nicole Ashley. That is 2017 World's Best Wedding Photographer as named by Junebug Weddings, Nicole Ashley. We got an awesome episode coming out in just a few days, but don't skip this one. This one's good too. Anyway, let's start the show. Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast in a reverent look at the wedding photography industry. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. So, Dustin, what's new? What's happening? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, just closed on a duplex. Uh, Dustin, did you not look at the show notes? And we have an opener. Yeah, that we we agreed upon discussing out of three possible openers, and now you're talking about a duplex. Well, I didn't know that that was the. Op- I thought we were doing like a pre-opener, like a catch-up, then into the opener. Oh, so like at the Super Bowl before the game, there's the pre-game where people just talk Pre- about things that might happen in the game, and then yep. they also talk about things completely and totally unrelated to the game. Yeah, because that's what you're what? doing is talking about something completely and totally unrelated to our opener. Like Justin Timberlake. I mean, I heard there was a game before and after a concert of Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I thought that was a really great way for JT to bring a lot of people to his concert that wouldn't normally come. Um, He actually planned the whole thing out in advance. He was like, I want to have a concert at this time in Minneapolis. I think maybe if I put like a football game on either end of it, I could bring in a lot more fans. I'm curious from a writer's perspective on a totally off topic, but not too off topic note, how much thought, effort, timing, planning went into strategizing uh, this is us so that it would end on the Super Bowl the way it did. Mm, I think they were like, hey, what's a way we could bring in a lot of viewers who have maybe never seen before? Oh, I know. We put the show right after the Super Bowl. Great idea. Now, what's a way we could really like try to make it a thing with the Super Bowl? Oh, let's let's make the dad die on the day of the Super Bowl, his favorite day in the entire world. Oh, and when he dies, let's have him die off camera because we don't want to see him act out that death. Yeah, yeah. How can we take all these cheering, happy Philadelphia fans and just bring them down to that level that the Patriots fans are at? Yeah, pretty much. So, Dustin, last week you gave me a lot of crap about uh, not catering to the desires of our listeners in Europe. But this week, we're starting out by talking about an American sport, football. American football. So, do you want to kind of walk walk our European, Asian, Australian listeners through what American football is and what this Super Bowl is? The Super Bowl, it's a bunch of guys uh, that are really, really overpaid. That run around and chase after a ball. Jealous much? Yeah, tremendously. So typically when we go into the Super Bowl, I just look at the two teams and I say, which one is more American? Because I don't watch a lot of football. And then I base my decision of who I want to win off of that. But watching this game, it was like, on one hand, you've got the Patriots. And that's pretty American. 
But on the other hand, you got the Eagles, and Eagles are also very American. I mean, bald eagle is the national bird. So I was torn. I didn't know who to cheer for. The Eagles. So then I was like, on one hand, you got New England, which is Boston. That's where the Tea Party was. That's what set us off, you know, the revolution off. Then on the other hand, it was like you got Philadelphia with the Freedom Bell and all of its history. And I didn't know what to pick. I was so confused. That's easy. It's an easy one. Eagles. Done. Yeah, but I thought like the Eagles might have an unfair advantage because with these people chasing around a pigskin, like Eagles can fly and they could just swoop down from the sky, grab that pigskin right up in their talons and fly it to the end zone. I will say, I know they're 90% of the country hates the Patriots, but they did, uh, Tom Brady must have had a PR person put out a tremendous puff piece on him, a little like Facebook promo video on him, uh, highlighting a ton of info I did not know about him. Um, For example, he went to the University of Michigan, did not know that. I also didn't realize Tom Brady was like, picked like 160 something how did you not know these basic facts about america's greatest quarterback of all time uh you are you talking about peyton manning right now did we switch no. topics and i had no idea no i'm talking about the goat tom brady check the rings baby oh peyton manning okay check the rings <laughs> let's transition to follow-up dustin a few weeks ago on the show you told me about a program called window.io Yes. I decided I was going to give it a try. And though I didn't love it, uh, I did start using it a lot more just because when I was already at my computer, it made it a lot easier to just post stuff from there. Yeah. It has stopped working for me, Dustin. Okay, cool. When I go to upload a photo now, there's like a button in the lower left corner that you press to like take it from a square image to its original size or whatever. And -hmm. when I hit that button... The next button, which allows you to upload the photo, just gets grayed out and I can't upload the photo anymore. All right, this subject's getting boring now. Uh, Another bit of follow-up for us, trademark John Syracuse. Dustin, can we just take a minute to talk about how, this is basically a disclaimer for the rest of the episode. The Mm -hmm. shoot and share contest is seriously screwing up the production of this podcast. The shoot and share group is typically, when we get to the end and we do questions and answers um, and we say, so-and-so from a Facebook group, I would say about 75% of the time that comes from the shoot and share Facebook group and the questions that are asked there. So just for those of you who listen and post in the shoot and share group, you are not safe. Your questions are free game for Steven. So it's one of my favorite groups to troll for questions. And right now their big contest is going on, which we talked about last week. Um, And right now, all of the questions people typically ask, like, what camera should I use? How do I light this situation? Stuff like that, which is just solid gold for this podcast. It is getting flooded out with people who just feel like it's so damn important that they let everyone else know that they vote for photos that have dogs in them every time, regardless of the category. Or or maybe they just wanted to post that they're sick of people submitting landscape photos as wedding couple photos when the wedding couple is just like two tiny specks in the frame and you can barely see them. So, and so obviously I've been scrolling for hours and hours through that damn group and uh, I didn't find a single question to add to our show notes. So I had to go to other less reputable Facebook groups 
to find questions. Let's give the listeners just a, a small glimpse. Uh, so one question, what's a small number of hearts you've had on your images that went far? All right, next one. So when I uploaded 50 photos, I received the email that I got a free tote bag. The email is no longer in my emails. How do I get my tote bag? And then it goes on and on and on. I mean, I don't want to be like too angry and make fun of these people too much because they are really jazzed about this contest. It's a lot of fun. They're enjoying themselves. But you're screwing up our podcast. Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, Steve, I think it's time for maybe you and I to start our own contest. <laughs> contest where you just have to vote over and over again. You can vote for your own photos as much as you want in our contest. The only problem is I don't think people realize with the shoot and share contest. And I think it, the concept of the shoot and share contest is really great. Uh, but what is so flawed about it is I have known so many people that say they purposefully go and they actually vote for the worst photo that shows up Mm -hmm. because they're only hunting for their own. Or uh, people, well, uh, Andrew did say something about how, like, if you heart your own, it doesn't actually count. So I'm assuming that means you can't vote for your own, but I'm not 100% certain about that. But then I see other things from people who say, like, I've been up until 4 a.m. in the morning voting because I just lost track of time. And I let my three-year-old just get on the computer and vote all day today. And he picked all the photos that I would pick, which means every time there was a cake in a photo, he picked that one. That's what I mean, I'm Gosh. saying is like the results have to be tremendously skewed. Towards three-year-olds with uh, pic- pictures of dogs and cakes. So basically, um, yep. over the last hour, if you didn't, vote for a picture of a dog balancing cake on its nose um you probably if you didn't upload that photo you're probably not going to win i think that's what it comes down to however i believe one of the photos that went really far last year was like a hedgehog or something and it was so cute can we just talk for a second like if there was a picture of a dog balancing cake on its nose i'd vote so hard for that uh steve so many things make you so hard i'm a virile man on the subject of photo voting contests this next subject, what the hell is ViewBug and why is it clogging up the photography hashtag on Twitter? It is so frustrating. I can't tell you enough right now, Dustin, how much I hate contests. Dustin, I hate uh, contests and I hate contests and they ruin everything. And I can't find legit things to talk about on this podcast that I'm producing for us. So I think, like I said earlier, Steve, it might be time for us to start our own wedding photo hangover podcast contest so one of the other things i troll to find questions and (laughs) topics for the podcast is the photography hashtag on twitter and right now the photography hashtag on twitter is just every day so and so voted on viewbug for this photo in this contest every month in viewbug you can enter a contest and you just have to ask yourself at some point in time, do the contests matter? If there's a contest every single month on this website, do any of the contests matter? All the contests matter, I believe, is the answer you're looking for. <sighs> I believe, Stephen, this is getting very deep now. We only take pictures for contests. Holy photographer commotion, Dustin. Dustin, this is resurfacing again second take on this one because i screwed up the first take so bad this is resurfacing again 
uh, the subject of feeding wedding photographers or other wedding vendors at the wedding. Do you think brides should be feeding the vendors? Yeah, I mean, this is sort of a hot topic issues. And, I, and I've realized that the uh, more you get into the higher end weddings, this becomes even a more of an issue because then the bride is actually paying more per plate or more per head than, say, a middle range or low range budget bride. Um, so we've been giving it a tremendous amount of thought. Here in Fort Wayne, we've never had an issue. Um, there's one venue that we run into a little bit of issue as to when they feed us. They like to wait till the very end, even if the bride has included us in the count. There are a few venues in this area that have started doing that this year as well, and it's super frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I've I've actually wanted to somehow incorporate a pamphlet or brochure or something for our brides to give to their venues, simply explaining to the venue why, if they are putting us in their count, why it is important that we eat shortly after the bridal party if it is a plated meal, so that the moment they are done eating, we are done eating, and we're back photographing them, talking to tables, greeting tables, et cetera, et cetera. The uh, direct quote from one of the places that started doing that this year down in the Indy area was, wedding photographers and DJs and wedding planners and wedding videographers are there to work. They're not there to eat. And that's why they get served last. But yeah, I just think that that's so rude and pompous for reception halls to come across in that manner. I mean, I can see it if the bride and groom didn't pay for you. That's one thing. But if the bride and groom paid the same price for you to eat as Uncle Joe, then I don't see what the mat- what's it matter what order you're served in. You see, from my perspective, if the meal being served is a buffet, it's never a problem because we can just go up and grab food whenever we want. We just jump in. Yeah. It's only when it's a plated meal. And if it's a plated meal, they paid for you. Right. They're not serving a meal to you that the bride and groom didn't pay for. Do you have it in your you have it in your contract that they have to feed you at the wedding, right? We have it in our contract that we have to have time to eat dinner. And so that can either be that they feed us or we're allotted 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I don't remember what we have in there, to go and get food. And when I lay that out at our meeting that, you know, this is in there, nine times out of 10, they're always like, oh, well, of course we're going to feed you. Mm-hmm. Um. We've only had it happen once where we had a couple that totally spaced, forgot to put us in the count. Yeah. It was an early spring wedding. I We had just had Charlie, our daughter. And so I didn't do a kind of consultation with them on sort of... Was Corinne shooting this wedding with you? Yeah. Yep. So she's shooting the wedding. It's right after you had Charlie. So I'm assuming she's still breastfeeding. Did she yep. just murder somebody at this wedding? Yeah, she was not happy. So, actually, are you legally allowed to talk about this? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the couple was so nice. It was a, oh. the couple was amazing. So the murder is not a big deal. No, what happened was this was that venue I was speaking of that they want to feed you at the very end, and it, they had a tremendous guest count. And so I simply said, I just wanted to ask because I failed to ask the bride and groom, did they include us in the count? Mm-hmm. And the wedding planner coordinator lady for the venue said. No, they did not include you in the count. And I said, perfect. That's all I needed to know. Um, So I went to the bride and groom and I said, I just wanted to let you know, it appears that we weren't included in the count. That is no fault of yours. 
Uh, I'm just going to run down the street and grab a slice of pizza from the pizza place. I'll be right back. I've, I've already told your DJ. <laughs> he knows not to start anything until I get back. And, uh, you know, just feel free. Greet your guests. Finish your meal. You know, don't worry about it. And they're like, are you kidding me? No, no, no. There's like 30 guests that I can see off the top of my head that didn't show up that we paid for their meals. Yep. And so then they've called over the, the banquet manager person that I just spoke to. And she was so mad at me, the banquet manager. She's like, why did you go talk to the guests? And I'm like, because on three occasions, I tried to talk to you about whether or not there was a meal for us. I never once asked for a meal. I simply asked, was there a meal for us? When she came over, was there fire in her eyes? She was like, you should have never involved the couple. We would have gotten you a meal. Did she try to stare you to death? Let's just say since that wedding, she is no longer with them. <laughs> Whoa. I'm not, I'm not saying I got her fired, but it, it was obviously... Did you call her boss and get her fired? Is this, are you no, legit on the down low right now? Dustin McKibben is a narc and he is going to get you fired. No, but it was definitely uh, just someone that shouldn't be in events. You know what I mean? Like yeah. There's, there's people that work really well with other people and then there's people that don't. So Jen and I have in our contract... That we not only have to have a meal if we're shooting the wedding and we're there for over, I think it's over six hours. They also, ha the meal has to be a hot meal mm. because we've run into this problem that I'm sure is not just an indie thing because it's happened to us in other cities like South Bend and Fort Wayne too. Fort Wayne too? Where the bride and groom will pay the same amount of money for our meal as they pay for their guest meal. And then when the venue goes to serve us, instead of serving us what they serve the guests, they come out with just like a turkey sandwich and a bag of chips. And it's typically like a cold turkey sandwich that has mm -hmm. been made maybe several hours earlier because like the mayonnaise or whatever's on it has soaked into the bread. <sighs> and it's just like an absolutely disgusting oh. meal. And we just kind of got sick and tired of it. We had several of the brides and grooms come up and like talk to us while we were eating because like they were already done. They came out to talk to us or whatever about like what's happening next. And they would say stuff to us like, why are you eating that? We paid for like a, an actual meal for you, just the same amount we paid for the guests. And so like the, the place is charging them the same amount as what they charge for like the filet mignon or the spare prime rib or the spare rib or whatever it is they ordered, you know, and then <laughs> just giving us like a turkey sandwich that we could have made at home. Yeah, there's that. It's that uh, same caterer in Indy, and they are notorious for that. I don't want to put them on on call or whatever, but put them on blast. On blast. That's a, you young people. You know all the cool words. Those young people who are four years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of trippy. Um, but yeah, I I've worked with that same caterer. I want to say two or three times now, and they are notorious for like oh did you do you want a veggie wrap or do you want a tuna salad and i'm like but they're having like salmon out there they're having steak and they're like oh i'm sorry do you want barbecue chips that's why you gotta lock stuff down in your contracts i know okay so let's go back so, so you have that in your contract yeah you get to you get to the wedding and the caterer tries to pull that shit on you, what do you do? You just say, I'm sorry, but our contract says we require a hot meal. They signed the contract and they knowingly hired you to service that. If you don't service that, they are in breach of their contract. 
Okay, no, no. I understand all the badass, legal, we can throw our balls on the table however we want attitude. But at the end of the day, when you're shooting the wedding and you get to some banquet manager who gives two shits about you, and they're um, like, you just say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to talk to the client about this like you did and, you know, steamroll them. Okay. But okay, so then let's take it a step further because, you know me, I like role playing with you, Stevie. That sounded so disgusting. So let's say the client was oblivious because they've done 50 million wedding things since uh, booking you and signing your contract mm-hmm. and no one reads the contract. Um, and they're like, oh, we actually knew you were getting a chicken salad sandwich. We were trying to save a couple bucks. We say, okay, what do you do then? well, um, we're going to run out to grab a pizza. We'll be back in 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. And that comes out of your time on the wedding day. Right. So you go the same route as us. Yep. Because I, I know there's, so then there's the other train of thought that other photographers go whenever this hot button issue comes up. Um, where they're like, they're paying you thousands of dollars to shoot their wedding. They're not paying you to sit around for 30 minutes and eat. Like, you can pack your own protein bars and whatever. Oh, I went to a, uh, like, workshop at a convention Jen and I went to for photography. And hmm. while we were I there... Like I know where this is. The lady who was leading the workshop I was in said that on the wedding day, she doesn't eat, she doesn't drink, and she doesn't use the restroom because her... Her clients aren't paying her to do those things. Okay. And she said she didn't think any of us should do that either, like the people in the workshop. And that was when I was like, all right, I think I'm done with this workshop because this is bullshit. You can't use the restroom. You're just not a human being. You become a robot, essentially. And she was talking about shooting 10 to 12 hour weddings like that. No food, no water, no restroom breaks. No water, that's just unhealthy. <laughs> exactly, Dustin, exactly. I just looked at her like, okay, so um, you are not seriously teaching this workshop then because you're full of bullshit and you're just spouting bullshit. And I just wanted to be like, are you waiting for somebody to call you out and tell you you're full of shit in the middle of this class that you're teaching? Because who, who doesn't drink water for 10 to 12 hours? You'd pass out. She's shooting weddings in the Middle East. Oh my gosh. That's when you really need those moon shoes. <laughs> what you need is a camelback. <laughs> camelback yeah. and some moon shoes. Boop, boop, ba doop, boop. Yeah, I remember we had one wedding, not to prolong this subject, but it just, it's one of those things that as a wedding photographer, you look forward to that moment at the wedding you do get to eat. So whenever that moment doesn't come the way you expect it to come, these times stick into my memory bank more so than other times. Uh, but we shot a really high-end wedding in uh, New York. It was one of the first weddings I did when I first started. Mm-hmm. And the whole time we're doing the getting ready, the bridesmaids and bride are talking about this dinner that they're having that night. And it's going to be, it's an Italian wedding. So they're having like multi-course dinner with you know, you know, soup and then shrimp and then steak and all this freaking awesome stuff. Lobster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mouth is just drooling. I'm telling my second shooter, this is before Corinne and I shot together. I told him, you know, like, dude, you're going to be set tonight. We're going to get the best meal ever. And we get to the reception. We see that, you know, the flowers to the ceiling, these centerpieces and I'm like, oh my gosh. And they're like, I see him in the kitchen prepping the cocktail sauce for the shrimp. And 
And then the caterer's like, oh, by the way, um, while I have you guys, do you, l- let me show you guys where you're eating and like oh, takes yeah. us into the kitchen to this like back little like break room area. Uh, and then just like, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go put your turkey sandwiches over here. Um, I threw a bag of chips uh, from yesterday <laughs> right here. There's a couple of bottles of water. She did not say a bag of chips from yesterday. You threw that in. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I threw that in there for... <laughs> and who cares that the bag of chips is from yesterday anyway? Unless it was an open <laughs> bag of chips. Uh, there's this bag of uh, baked Lay's. I've left it open all night last night. Um, you know, for I kind of f- ate a lot of them. There might just be crumbs left, but uh, you guys don't mind crumbs, do you? You're crummy boys, aren't you? Mm, yum, That's yum, right. Yum, 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 yum. Uh, you don't even um, need to use your hands. You can just pick the bag up and dump the crumbs straight into your mouth. Yeah, a little bit's going to get on your face. Close your eyes because you don't want to get crumbs in your eyes. And, uh, you know, before you walk back out to the wedding, just make sure you wipe each other off. Get those crumbs off. It's going to be intimate. Needless to say, not only was I upset, but my second shooter, who I'd been hyping up this meal to all day, was so mad. Uh, and that's when we learned that I needed to put something in my contract about the meal situation. Otherwise, you end up being the crummy boys every week. Looking at these little, like, you know, kitchens, you know, those doors that just swing at the little, like, fogged up window of, these people putting filet into their mouth and lobster into their mouth. Well, I'm eating Oscar Mayer turkey with mayonnaise, and I effing hate mayonnaise. Yeah. Ugh. So, anyways. That's Steve and I's thought. Long story short, put something in your contract if you want to be treated like a human and eat what other humans at weddings eat. Yeah, uh, because if, if you don't put something in your contract, they're going to feed you dog food. As long as it's blue buffalo. Is that what you're saying, Dustin? They're going to treat you like a dog mm. all night long. They're not going to speak English to you. They're just going to yell German commands at you. <laughs> and they might put an electric shock collar around your neck, keep you in line all night. Dustin, uh, let's move on to our next topic. Okay, if you say so. There's nothing we love more than when listeners contact us, reach out to us when they like our stuff. and so. It brings me nothing short of an immense amount of pain to have to say this. But can you guys just play it cool for a few moments and stop liking my comments on Instagram where I add hashtags to the photo or where I thank someone for a nice comment that they left on my photo? Like seriously, I'm drowning in a deluge of these people going through old photos of mine and liking my hashtag comments where I just added hashtags. Oh, gosh. So I saw that, and what I think it is, I did a little research, um, and I think they're, in a way, tagging your hashtags so that they can go back and copy what hashtags you used to hashtag their photos. The same person, in one day, did it on 10 different photos where I used the exact same hashtags on all my photos. And you can say that they're doing it so they can go back later, but... When you like somebody's comment on Instagram, it doesn't save that in your likes. It only saves the photos you like in your likes, not the comments you like. Uh, so your, your little theory there doesn't make any sense at all. Unless they just go back to the photo then, knowing what their strategy and plan of attack was. Also, while we're on the subject of things that are upsetting Steve on Instagram. The whole episode? Yeah. Someone went back and liked the first 50 <laughs> posts in my timeline on Instagram the other day. 
And while that is flattering that somebody was that interested in the iPhone photos I did of my son uh, before I started posting professional photos, like, don't do that, guys. Just, just don't. Like, oh, man, Th- those are embarrassing, but I'm not going to take them down because it's my sweet baby boy. But just don't go back there. This would be like getting on Dustin's personal Instagram account and just liking all of his pictures of Charlie. Go for it. They're great. Well, yeah. Yeah, you started doing professional work before you started posting the photos. <laughs> I was doing professional work back then. I just wasn't posting any of it. I was just posting like these oh, if, Instagram if, filtered photos and they looked so bad. Oh, if you go back to my very first Instagram photos, I would imagine that they are back when... I I was so fascinated by the uber filtered, like like most people, and they're all just other. They're just all portraits of people I worked with, taken on my phone. I'm not mad. Somebody went back and like the first fifty posts in my timeline on Instagram. Oh, you're mad. You're furious. I'm just embarrassed. We call it van furious. I'm just embarrassed, guys. Uh, so you, you, some of you might think it'd be real funny to go back and like those just to embarrass me and uh please don't just just please don't guys i'm dying over here is that nora saying hi yeah nora's having a rough night she's giving jen hell so also every other week since december the instagram app on my phone has started doing this thing where it'll associate all of my actions with all five of the accounts that i manage with just one account so I'll start liking comments or saying thanks to people on the at Bespoke Tone Instagram account. That's the editing Ooh, company Jen and I run. Bespoke Tone. It'll attribute all the comments and likes to at Jen Van Elk Photo, my, my wife's professional account, or to at Redwood Lane Picks, which is my business account. Or even worse, it'll attribute them to at Wedding Photo Hangover. So, I mean, that was half me complaining about a thing going on with Instagram and half me just plugging all the other accounts I run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I realized that. At what point in time did you realize that, though? This whole podcast is just a plug for Steve. Plug for Steve's Instagram, specifically. Hey, you do have 7,000 followers on Bespoke Tone. That's pretty good. Working it. Working it hard. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve... We have a real question this week. Phantom producer Louis Novak writes in Louis Novak. Have you or Dustin had any issues with family members posting photos of your kids on social media? Or so of images that you yourself would not want to post. In example, tub photos, shirtless photos, etc. Something I'm worried about when we have our kid. Yeah, this is a great question, Louis. Uh, I love how much you're overthinking being a parent before you are a parent. And that's why we love you here at the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast. I honestly have given zero thoughts to this. Uh, my parents are the most un, um, and family members for that matter, are very unsocial media. They don't do it. What they are notorious for, though, is every single thing I post, they share the shit out of that. You know, I mean, I would just have a conversation with them if that's something you don't want. Uh, then say, hey, mom, hey, dad, uh, maybe, you know, run it by me if you're going to post something questionable of my son or daughter on Instagram, Facebook, etc., MySpace. Um, but since Louie already knows he's going to name his uh, son Dustin uh, Van Elk, 
It's a uh, <laughs> solid. I mean, Dustin Van Elk Novak. It just it just runs off the tongue. Steve, how about you? I have had a few problems from time to time with some of my family members posting photos of Ian because he was the first grandchild that were maybe not things I would have liked posted. And I was just upfront with them. I told them why I didn't like it. And I asked them if they would remove it. And I asked them in the future if they could not post things like that. And if you do post a picture and Steve approves of it, you just have to make sure you use hashtag Ian at Steve's house. (laughs) Absolutely. As from the Facebook groups, here is a question that I ask in another group and I got kicked out. (laughs) Oh my goodness, as if I take a photo of a donkey and let it look like I... (laughs) A priced Arabian stallion in Photoshop. Am I a good photographer or do I have great edit skills? The reason I ask this is because I learned that always try to take the perfect photo. Editing is just for touch-ups. I've heard photographers say, do not worry, I'll edit it later, though. I, I, I just... Yeah. <laughs> okay, can you explain the question to me, Steve, for those of us who... S is saying, if I take a photo of a donkey, but I let it look like a priced <laughs> Arabian stallion, not prized, priced. This person is obviously not an English as a first language uh, speaker. Got it. Which okay. makes it kind of funnier, but it also makes us kind of crappy people for laughing at it, but also still kind of funny. Um, so if I take a photo of a donkey and let it look like a prized Arabian stallion in Photoshop, am I a good photographer or do I have great edit skills? Or both a great photographer and you have amazing editing skills. I mean, if he hadn't gone back into the house for the dog, Steve. <laughs> if he hadn't gone back into the house for the dog, he still could have died of a heart attack, right? From smoke inhalation. It's called the Black Widow Death. In case you listeners missed out completely, we're back on the topic of This Is Us. One of the greatest American television series that's not actually that great. <laughs> It's simply a show that cashes in on people liking to cry. It's almost a new genre. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with your hosts, Dustin and Steve. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Wedding Photo Hangover and on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. You can find Dustin on Instagram at at Dustin underscore McKibben. And you can find Steve at at Stephen Van Elk. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Your head is pounding. Your limbs feel like dead weight. And your entire being is aching for the sweet embrace of death. That's right. That's right. Next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Boom, boom, boom. Dustin, are you excited for the Winter Olympics? No. You don't want to see the thing where the guy skis across the country and then like pulls out a gun and like shoots a target and then like skis some more. And then he finishes the race and you're like, but did he win for the target shooting or for the skiing? Uh, I don't have time for that, Steve. You don't want to watch the thing where like the guys take out the brooms and like they, they sweep the floor and then like there's a stone and 
points are scored. No, the only thing uh, I'm excited about for the Winter Olympics is the thing where they get up on the brooms and then they have the ball and they're flying around and they're throwing the ball through the hoops. Oh, yeah, but you got to catch that golden snitch if you want to win. That's the most important part is that snitch catching. That's the only part of the Winter Olympics that we like watching. And sometimes those games can go on for three or four days. What is that game called again? I think it's um, it's it's American football, right? American football. Uh, in in some languages, I believe British, uh, they call it uh, Quidditch. Uh, we call it Quittach. I haven't heard of that. No. Quittach? Nah, I feel like you're making stuff up now. Uh, ball and broom? That's Yeah, ball and broom. There we go. That's the American version. <laughs> broom ball? Yeah, you would think they would call it golden ball because that's the real important part, but ball and broom for some reason is what they call it in America. Quidditch actually translates out in every other language to golden flying ball, so. There you go. Yeah. Super weird. Dustin, it has been great talking with you tonight. Always a pleasure, Steve. I'll see you when uh, when you're thirsty, my friend. I'm always thirsty. Good night, Dustin. Bye. Boop, boop, ba-doop, boop.